Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. Open space will be on the ballot in northern Utah in November. Today we're going to talk about the proposed $20 million bond in Cache Valley that would buy up open space to preserve it. Cache County estimates that the approximate cost to county residents of the bond would be $25 per year. The funds would be used for purchasing land and conservation easements from willing landowners. In order to protect scenic vistas, preserve open lands near valley gateways, add trails and trail connectivity, and maintain agriculture, waterways, and wildlife habitat. Uh, we bring in our guests now, all in studio. Uh, we uh, bring in the Cache County Executive, David Zook. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Tom. We appreciate you taking some time to talk to us. Thank you. Uh, and co-chairs of an open space committee are with us, former North, North Oregon Mayor and State Legislator Jack Draxler. Thanks. Good to be here. Thanks for coming in. And uh, entrepreneur uh, Eric Ellison. Thanks. Thank you for inviting us. Appreciate you uh, you coming in. Um, let me start with you, uh, David Zook. Uh, when and how did this process start? That's a great question. This has actually been an ongoing discussion for many years. There was a statewide discussion about this back in 2004. In 2008, this was actually put on the ballot here in Cache County, and uh, it wasn't really good timing. (laughs) Uh, We all know what happened in 2008 with the economy, and uh, of course, people people got a little spooked by by that and uh, didn't vote for it. So it didn't pass, even though there, there was a lot of support. And then it, it was dormant for uh, about a decade after that. Um, I actually decided about five years ago to back, go back to school and do a master's degree. And, and one of my homework assignments, I had to interview a local elected official or a local government official. And uh, so who I decided to interview for that was Dayton Kreitz, who was our countywide trail planner at the time. And he and I actually had lunch and we talked about mostly trails, but our discussion kind of morphed into open space preservation. And we started talking about, well, what should we do and how should we do it? And would it be possible? Should we get together some people who would care about this issue? And we talked about it for a while. And actually in 2019, we, we got a group together and we started, uh, we started meeting. And Jack Draxler was part of that group at the time. We invited him to come help because we knew he cared about this issue. And we, we brought together a, a group of, uh, it was probably 20 people at the time. We had some state legislators, some local leaders. Mayor Danes was in that group. And we, we were thinking, let's, let's push this really hard in 2020 and get it out to the people and maybe put it on the ballot in 2020. Well, we all know what happened in the first part of 2020. Uh, and with the pandemic rolling out, we just thought, you know what, this is not a good year to, to try to do this. So we put it on hold. Uh, and then in, in 2021, I was elected county executive. And during my campaign process, I made hundreds and hundreds of phone calls and talked to a lot of, of county residents. And something I heard from many of them was their concern about growth, their concern about losing what makes Cache County beautiful, what, what makes it great, the open spaces, the farms, the wildlife. And uh, many of them said, we need to do something about this. So over the past year, last year, we, we have been working on updating our general plan for the county. And that general plan will guide future development for our county in many different uh, ways, but one of those is open space. So we had a number of internal discussions last year and as part of our general plan update process. We, we reached out to people about this topic. We talked to them. We had uh, open houses and, and public comment periods. And again, we heard from people that open space preservation was important to them. And so at the beginning of this year, uh, we, we kicked off this process again. Uh, a few of us had lunch in January. Uh, Eric was one of those, uh, Representative Casey Snyder, um, Matt from the Bear River Land Conservancy, Tom Jensen from Logan City Council. We got together and we said, let's let's kick this off again. Let's, let's start it off and let's get going again. Let's get together a group. And so it's just been kind of an ad hoc group that has been getting together basically once a week since then. We've been getting together every every Thursday at noon at, uh, at the county offices and, and just meeting. And, and we've been bringing in people who care about open space. And uh, I, I asked Jack if he, would, if he would lead this effort because of his, uh, his 
interest in this area, but also the respect that he has in the community. He served as a mayor. He served as a state legislator. People see him as as somebody who who can lead on this issue. And so I asked him if he would lead this group, and he and he brought in a, a couple of other people to to help him co-chair it, including Eric and Steve uh, Steve Danielson from Bear River Land Conservancy. And we've had probably about fifty different residents who have been coming, not not to every meeting, but some of them elected officials, some of them business leaders, a lot of people who have been interested. So that's kind of the the story of how we got to where we are now. And one of the things that that this group did was they said let's let's get more information from the people they did a survey they found there was a ton of support for this and then they went to the county council and and asked the county council to put it on the ballot which is where we are today i want to go around uh, before we get into the survey and some of the other things i want to go around the panel here starting with jack draxler um we we heard from the survey residents concerns right I want to hear your concerns. What you heard? There's meetings on Thursday. What? Why did you show up? What? What are your concerns about open space? For a long time, I've had an interest in in preserving open space. I'm in a profession that depends on growth too. I'm a real estate appraiser, and uh, I believe we can have the growth that is inevitable in our county and still do a good job with preserving our open spaces. Uh, I know that we have an issue with uh, affordable housing. We don't believe that an effort to preserve open space in any way competes with or, or, or hurts those efforts. In fact, we think we can work together and make our valley even better. I think most people who live here, if you ask them why they love living in Cache County, it's the people and the environment, the people around us, the, the natural beauty around us. And so uh, I, I've just felt an obligation as a citizen to try to do what I can do to, to move that forward. Uh, Eric Ulison, what uh, before we get into the survey, and you were instrumental in the survey, what, what are your personal concerns as you look around the valley? Well, you know, I was born in, in Logan and then moved away, and, but my grandparents were here, so I've been coming back to the Valley for 50 years, and there's always this feeling that you've always had when you come into Cache Valley that it's a little different. As you come over the canyon and you have that, that view and some fields and uh, Logan sitting in the distance and just the communities uh, as, you, as you come along there, and... I guess my concern was, you know, are we are we going to keep having a, at least a little bit of this, or is it going to be just packed all the way uh, from from Logan to th- those different um, uh, gateways into into the valley? And I thought, well, you know, if there's something that can be done, because I keep hearing that from other people as well, uh, could we do something to preserve a few of those? areas so we still have that feeling as we come into the valley and um, that that was kind of the the impetus uh, towards uh, reaching out to a few people and then you find out you know that's a broad feeling that's not a just a feeling that one person has and then uh, you know as you, we also I sat on the uh, county trails um, as well as the city trails uh, committees and there's some there's funding people love the trails but you know, sometimes there's like a little connection that needs to be had, and uh, there's not necessarily the resources just to make those uh, uh, small connections that need to be had. And so this was kind of a way of addressing all of that. And like I said, when you when you start talking to people and seeing this is it, it's all re- the for a good grassroots effort, there needs to be a common feeling, and there already was. And so it's kind of an easy grassroots effort relative to trying to get people to think about something for the first time. Mm-hmm. David Zuck, I want to get your personal feelings about this. You know, Yeah, I, I share the same feelings that uh, Eric and Jack just shared. Our open space is really one of the things that makes our, our valley special. And beyond that, I, I do feel a responsibility that we need to do something about this. Uh, my, my ancestors were among the first in the valley here, and they were – they were among the, the people who built that beautiful temple on the hill, who, who dug the canals across our valley to irrigate all these farms, who built the original forts, who, who served in, in leadership positions across the valley, who, who built what we have today, who, who, who made this incredible community. And I 
feel like we have an ongoing responsibility to protect, to preserve, and to leave something better for our descendants, uh, for our children, for our grandchildren. We w- we should be thinking about how can we leave Cache Valley better off than than it was when it was given to us. Um, I want to turn back to Jack Draxler. You you mentioned uh, the tension is growth versus open space, right? Growth, unbridled growth can produce areas. I don't want to name any area, but uh, you can, you know, we all know areas. (laughs) One of of the things we learned in our survey was that the pace, the pace of development has people concerned. I mean, the last five years have just been breakneck growth. And yet, We've had developers and realtors and and builders join in with us on this committee. They want to also preserve the beauty of the valley uh, for their business to flourish. Uh, And so we've seen a a real coming together, I think, on this ad hoc committee of people from all walks of life saying, you know what, we can do this if we do it right. And so uh, we hope to diffuse any tension and to be collaborators rather than competitors. Mm-hmm. David Zook, you and I had a, a couple months ago had a discussion, a whole hour on housing, right? And uh, affordable housing, the crisis there, and alleviating that crisis is going to require building more houses, apartments, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, this, uh, there's definitely a conflict between, between growth and open space. And, uh, it, it is a challenging conflict. It, it's a challenging question. How do, we, how do we find the balance that will allow us to grow in a way where we can provide housing for our kids and our grandkids, but where we don't destroy or pave over the things that make our community great? And there, I think there's not one solution. There's not one answer to that question. There are multiple things that we need to be doing. Uh, one of those things is what I mentioned earlier, the, the general plan that the county is in the process of updating. All of our communities have general plans. They all have uh, approaches they take to how they develop and how they preserve open space. And all of our communities need to be smart about how they do those things. This is something that, that though we, we shouldn't rely solely on our cities and our counties to to handle, we should have private groups, we should have nonprofit groups, we should have foundations, we should have individuals getting involved in preserving open space in its many forms. And that's one of the things that I love about this approach that uh, that the group has been taking is they're looking at ways that we can preserve space for recreation, space for wildlife. Uh, how do we preserve areas along with our waterways? How do we preserve our working farms? Uh, there are so many different types of open space that we enjoy. Uh, and one of those is, is spaces that are beautiful vistas. Eric mentioned the, the view when you come into the valley. That is something that, that we found when we've talked to people. It seems very pervasive that everyone loves that. <laughs> everyone loves that feeling they get when they enter the valley and they see this beautiful view from the, the mouth of the canyon as you enter Wellsville. It's, it's a gorgeous place that we've been blessed to, to live in here, and, uh, and I think it is possible for us to preserve it, but it's not going to just happen accidentally. And I think, I think that's what a lot of people say is, well, we just need to do the right thing and it'll happen. Well, we, we can't just allow it to, to happen and be passive about it. We have to be actively engaged in identifying critical areas, preserving them, and bringing multiple partners together to do that, uh, even even if this bond is to pass, it's a drop in the bucket. It's just a small piece of what we need to do. So what our hope is, is that we'll be able to use this as matching money, as leverage, to be able to bring other dollars into play, to be able to bring uh, uh Donations from private individuals, donations of land, donations of value, uh, money from foundations, money from the state or federal government. We want to be able to to leverage this money and multiply it. Yes, go ahead, Tom. When when you look at that leverage, and I think this is really important, 
is there's federal and state money that we as a as a valley don't uh, get because we don't have some seed money uh, to for this open space. It's set aside um, on both the federal and the state level. So uh, some of this could be leveraged uh, three to one, even up to six to one uh, with the money. And then also to uh, David's point, it's not going to be a real you know, we're going to have to be pretty strategic in where, what we land we look at because uh, uh, it's $20 million. It's only going to go so far. So we'd l- really like the, uh, the council's going to be making the final decisions. If they can look at some uh, locations that really impact the most uh, people, uh, that's really going to be how it will work because um, as far as developers, they're still going to uh, um, – it's not going to be that competitive with developers at all, and uh, as been as has been said, uh, we see that benefiting uh, really everybody because as you grow, as you densify, these lands become a little more important. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk about the survey. Uh, you, you put out a survey. I understand, Eric Ellison, you were instrumental in that. Um, some interesting results. I'll just tease this as we go to break. Uh, some some comments from the survey. If we don't do it now, it'll be too late. We will look just like Salt Lake County. If we're not careful, Cache County will end up feeling and looking like larger counties south of here that are stifling. Um, please preserve the Cache Valley way of life. Uh, this one's a little depressing. It's too late, said one person. <laughs> right. Uh, I'm going to do a follow-up question later in the program about that. To, to, you know, at what point and how would we know it's too late? I think we all agree it's not too late right now, right? But uh, that's why we're, we're acting. Uh, so we'll get into that following this break. Support for Utah Public Radio comes from listeners like you. And the Utah Cheese Awards, presenting the annual tasting reception and market. The afternoon of Sunday, November 5th at Shades on State Brewing in downtown Salt Lake City. Details and tickets available at utahcheeseawards.com under the events tab. Support also comes from the USU Office of Global Engagement, connecting students to global opportunities at the Study Abroad Fair, Wednesday, September 21st, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Taggart Student Center. Details at studyabroad.usu.edu. Jazz is so much more than mere music. It's a unique, vital, powerful art. It's a language, a feeling, a journey. This is music that transcends the fads of the day and the mania of the moment. It is timeless and unequaled. And you can find it every Sunday evening from 6 to 10 p.m. on Jazz Time with Steve Williams here on Utah Public Radio. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're talking about open space, specifically in uh, Cache Valley. Uh, open space important wherever you are. I'd love to get your comment on this to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com. Open space will be on the ballot in Cache County in November. Uh, there's a proposed $20 million bond uh, in Cache uh, County that would buy up open space to preserve it. And we're talking with uh, co-chairs of an open space committee, former North Logan mayor and state legislator Jack Draxler, entrepreneur Eric Ellison, and uh, we're talking also with Cash County Executive David uh, Zook. Uh, so um, there was a survey put out. I understand, Eric, you listen, you, were, you helped with this. Um, this uh, so, so tell me a bit about this survey, some of the questions that were on this. Um, yeah, so uh, when we looked to do a survey, what we wanted to, we wanted to know, for example, is this going to be worth our time? Because we didn't want to be fighting an uphill battle uh, to do it. It, it. You'd rather have something that people really feel strongly about if you're going to put the time and the effort uh, to do it. So um, as we looked at the survey, uh, we're right here with Utah State University. And so you have some real experts uh, that have done sociology surveys a lot in the past. And Steve Daniels uh, recommended Rich- Richard uh, Cranick. Uh, who was the head of de- the Department of Sociology. And I, as I sat down with him, he had done multiple, multiple uh, surveys of this type for different counties. And so we had, a, you know, we had top-level expertise as we put this together. Uh, we did a random sample um, from uh, Cache County voters. And 
uh, we wanted to make sure that we reached out to all the communities uh, to, to just in case certain communities or rural was different than, than the urban part of our county. And uh, so we uh, got those names. I think we had uh, something about like 15 volunteers that helped with, with the survey. I was on a lot of doorsteps um, uh, doing that. And uh, yeah, we, we went out and uh, uh, got close to 200 um, responses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you asked about, uh, let's just go through this, you asked about Gateway, South Gateway, uh, North Gateway. Why, why, why the Gateway areas? Uh, because the Gateway uh, air areas, we started with that because the Gateway areas are the uh, uh, ones that are, are growing, but they're also the ones that uh, the most people have the uh, kind of an, um, an impact as they go back and forth through, through. Uh, several people on our committee um, were talked about, for example, if you're a business and you bring people in that that you're looking to get uh, uh, higher as they come in, they have that feeling, and it really is a plus. Uh, you, a lot of the surveys uh, down that they've done in Utah County and, and Salt Lake County in terms of employment talk about how important those type of, of things are, that they're really, really high on the list of what people look for in the communities they mm-hmm. go to. So uh, we, we wanted to to look at, at those. Um, and then, of course, we got into uh, vistas, trails, uh, wildlife, um, and, uh, you know, the responses were all pretty strong. And uh, agriculture, I, I believe it was like you mentioned that earlier. Agriculture, uh, I guess, equals open space, right? <laughs> it's, it's not uh, built in. Absolutely. Right. We've, uh, mm-hmm. And agriculture is mm-hmm. such a critical part of our economy. We... Uh, we live in a very dry state. Utah's the second driest state, but we are, are blessed in Cache County with a lot more water than the rest of the state, and that's made us the, the breadbasket of the state. We have so much agriculture here, and because of that, we have so many companies who, who process that agriculture, who, who make food. Uh, it's a huge part of our economy, and if we don't take action to, to preserve and protect our farms as part of our open space, then our economy will be affected. Uh, and then we talked about waterways, wildlife habitat as as well. Uh, Eric, you listen, tell me about uh, some of the results. Were there any that uh, stood out to you that surprised you? Well, the, the fact that all of them were quite high. I, you know, we we really focused in on people who rated things 8, 9, or 10. Um, by the way, if, if we would have included 7 or 6, which are still very positive, uh, those results would have been even stronger as far as we uh, relayed those. But, you know, 75% of people feeling that uh, uh, agricultural uh, space in those gateways are very important. We get into 90% when we're talking about uh, wild, uh, um, wildlife, uh, waterways. Um, when we talk about uh, trails, again, 75%. Preserving scenic lands, 87%. They were all really high responses, and the thing is, is they didn't vary by community. There was no statistical difference between communities, um, uh, socioeconomics, uh, uh, urban, rural, uh, all really high. Maybe a little bit higher uh, ranking on some of these things in the rural areas, but really high con- across the board. Mm-hmm. Jack Traxler, anything stand out to you, particularly from the survey? Well, I was pleased not only that there was a great interest in preserving open space. And, and as you said, m- most open space is agricultural. And, uh, but we also have waterways, we also have trails, we also have wildlife habitat that people in the survey ranked very strongly. The thing that impressed me was the second question in the survey, which was, would you be willing to, to pay a little bit extra on your property taxes to bring this about? And we had the same percentage of people, essentially, who said, yes, we would. And, and we gave them, we even gave them a range. Would you, would you be willing to pay $10 a year, $20 a year, $30 a year, for, or none? We gave them a choice of none. Uh, would, you, would you be unwilling to pay any? And we got about the same 75, 80% who said, yes, we would be willing to pay. And uh, the average was actually higher than the amount 
that will uh, occur with the $20 million bond. Mm-hmm. So why did you decide to go with the lowest number that was on the survey, 20 20- we, we wanted it to be reasonable. We didn't mm-hmm. want to overshoot. We didn't want to scare people off, frankly. Yeah. We, we wanted it to be reasonable. And, and uh, as Eric mentioned, we feel we can leverage this. And, and also David mentioned it. Uh, we can leverage this with matching funds from federal sources, state sources, uh, nonprofit organizations, and private individuals. Who, who, and, and, and the most important people here are going to be the willing landowners. By the way, this has no, nothing mandatory about it at all. Uh, we would only be, a, be willing to, and able to work with people who own land and are willing to, to either sell land or place conservation easements on their land. People who feel like us, that they, they want, and we have a number of farmers who participated on our committee who do want to see their 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 farms remained in production instead of uh, being used for other purposes. And frankly, they could make more money if they went with the development, but we have many who who would like to keep it in agricultural production. And, and like David says, they want to continue to be a, a crucial part of our economy. Mm. Tom, if, if I could just add yes. to that, mm-hmm. not only will this money not be used to take anyone's land it won't be used to force uh, open space on anyone but in fact people will have to compete for it only the the best proposals are going to be funded with this uh, the the approach that we're planning to take would be an application process people would have to make a case for why the land they're proposing to be preserved is the most critical, the most valuable, the best use of these funds. Let me uh, start with you, David Zook, and then uh, the others want to chime in on this as well, uh, present you with a couple of problems. I'm sure you've thought of this. Uh, the first is, and you've addressed this a little bit earlier, uh, you know, it's $20 million, but it's but it's only $20 million, mm-hmm. right? And with, with prices the way they are, um, I don't know how far that's going to go. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, I think I used the phrase a drop in the bucket <laughs> earlier. And, and that's because we have so much beautiful open space here. There's no way we could preserve a, a fraction of it even with $20 million. And that's why it's so critical that we use this money to leverage other funds. Um, Steve Daniels, when he came to the to the county council, he he's with the Barrier of Land Conservancy. He gave a really great example of how we could leverage these dollars. And he, he gave an example of a piece of land that was valued at $2 million. So we have a $2 million piece. We could go and just buy that with with our $20 million, and now we're going to use 10% of our money just on one piece. Or we could have a different approach. We could say, let's get a landowner contribution, uh, essentially that they they are uh, uh, contributing, let's say in this example, 25% of the value. Uh, let's get maybe 25% from the state, from the Lorraine McAllister Conservation Fund. Uh, let's get, let's try to get uh, some federal conservation funds, maybe 50% of it from federal conservation funds. And then we put in 200000 or about 10% of that project uh, from our $20 million. So now we've been able to leverage these other funds to secure a $2 million open space but it only cost us two hundred thousand dollars of our twenty million. That's our plan, and that's the kind of thing that will make projects competitive. If somebody makes an application and wants to use some of these dollars, and they say we have a, a, a landowner contribution, we got state money, we got federal money, maybe they have private money. Uh, those are definitely factors that we're going to look at that will help us stretch our dollar. Hmm. Let me present another problem to you, Eric Ellison, on this. I'm sure you've all thought through this, but. Um, isn't this going to be a little more random than we perhaps would want in an ideal world? Uh, because uh, you're not going to force a landowner on what we might consider to be the prime open area that we want. It's going to be the landowner who's willing to sell. Yeah, I think there's two ways to address mm-hmm. that. One, the council can can say, okay, here's some uh, of the priorities that we have. Uh, we see this uh, being conducted very much like a RAPS uh, tax, the way that money gets divided. In other words, you get a you get an appointed committee that re- makes recommendations to a, the county council. And 
uh, I, I could see very much the county uh, council saying, here's where our priorities uh, would be. And then um, some advocacy among that group towards, or at least some awareness, making a, uh, certain people aware of this opportunity in those areas that have the most impact to, to uh, members of the county. Uh, if we do it right, we want to make sure that when when people spend twenty million dollars as as from their own money on this, that they get the biggest return that they could possibly have. That there's a lot of impact to uh, many of us, and I think that that's something that the county council can kind of direct to see. Okay, this is really going to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we return to uh, the arguments in favor, I want to put this first to you, Jack Drexler. Um, listeners will have noticed this is a one-sided discussion. We we don't have an opponent to this. I don't know if there is much opposition. Obviously, obviously the the survey was very positive. But uh, let me present a couple of arguments to you, and then maybe have you tell Perfect. me if you've heard any arguments against this. It's only two or three dollars per household per uh, per month, right? But but still, that's an increase, right? right. Mm-hmm. Uh, death by a thousand, ta- you know, in- tax increases, <laughs> right? Um, why are we adding debt? Um, you know, at, at this time, economic troubles. Maybe lower income folks are going to have trouble with that. Two or three dollars uh, a month, or twenty five dollars a year. Well, I think the biggest question people have, and even the county council had these same questions, they wanted to know, how's it going to work? How is this actually going to happen? And so what we are doing now and plan to do between now and November is a, a very uh, a very aggressive uh, education program to help people understand how this committee would be appointed by the county council, how that committee would then rate projects based on bang for the buck, if you will, and then make recommendations back to the county council, and the county council would have final say on each on each uh, expenditure. But I think re- uh, most people, uh, their biggest question is, how's it going to work? Yeah, I think open space is great, but if I'm going to pay a little extra on my property tax, I want to know that it's going to work. We've had some people say we don't want it to be like an old uh, an old boys club where uh, a good old boys club where certain people because of their name and reputation get preferential treatment. We want to take that completely out of it, and we have people on our committee who have experience with with literally scoring proposed projects or land and trying to rate them based on what they contribute. To the to the valley and what they contribute to to the to the public, and that way we can I feel we can address those concerns. Uh, but most most of the people at this point are asking not not if but how. Mm. Yeah, David Zook, I want to ask you about the previous bond. Uh, this was uh, two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Of course, you know, bad luck to be <laughs> heading into a big recession at that point. Oh, some economic troubles this time around. Do you do you worry about that and uh, having a bond this year? Yeah, we have worried a little bit. Uh, this, we're, we're hoping things stay stable between now and November. Um, there has been a lot of inflation, especially with housing. That um, that's not uh, that's not something that's helpful with this. But we 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 have heard from the citizens of Cache County and. They, I think they have spoken loud and clear that they really want this. They really want to preserve this. And I, I hope those people who have told us that come to the ballot box on, on Election Day in November and, and vote for this. That, uh, that's what, what we're doing is we are reflecting not just what, what we think is important to do, but what we have heard from the citizens of our county. And uh, we're we're giving them another opportunity to to take action on this issue and ultimately it will be up to them Mm. and tom we've tried to be very uh transparent about the whole process uh and try to listen to every uh point of view we know that uh the 25 dollars a year is for the average home or the median home in the valley 
what does that mean? Well, it means with some people will will with higher valued homes would will be paying more than twenty five dollars a year. Some people an equal number would be paying less than that because their homes are below the median. But uh, we've just tried to be very open and very uh, transparent about the whole process. And I, pe- I think people like that, obviously, and they respond to that very well. Hmm. Before we go to break, um, uh, how could people uh, help if they want to? Of course, you're, 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 you're uh, urging them to vote yes on this, but uh, other ways that they can help. What, uh, how best to help? If, if anybody wants to volunteer or, or donate to the cause, I'll just give my cell phone number. They can call or text me if they want to get involved. Um, and this is David Zook, County Executive. My personal cell phone number is area code 435-890-9239. 890-9239. They can call me. They can text me if they want to get involved. I'll repeat it one more time. My cell phone number is 435-890-9239. Okay. Let, let me give my email address. Okay, excellent. It's jackdraxler9 at gmail.com. And uh, we, we are going to encounter some expenses. Uh, and so we are certainly open to, to donations from folks who want to help. But we also don't want to make this a big commercial drive where we're trying to raise a bunch of money. But it, just the information campaign is going to take us – uh, cost us some some funds. Jack Draxler nine at Gmail. Jack Draxler nine. Uh-huh. Okay. At Gmail. Let's take a break. We'll come back with our final segment on open space. There's a bond. It will be twenty million dollar bond beyond the uh, the ballot for uh, uh, voters in Cache County. We're talking about that on the program today. More follows this. Support for science reporting on Utah Public Radio comes from listeners like you and the Utah State University Ecology Center, providing training opportunities for today's science communicators, one story at a time. This week on This American Life, retired police officer Aaron Salter. In his spare time, he built a car that could run on water. You got your hydrogen for your electrolysis. You got your batteries, your water. He and nine others were killed at the Topps Grocery in Buffalo in May. Their stories, as you've never heard them, this week. Saturday mornings at 10 on Utah Public Radio. What is climate change? How is it affecting our lives? And what can we do about it? We'll connect the dots from energy to extreme weather, public health, the economy, agriculture, and more. Catch Climate Connections weekday mornings at 5.49 and 8.49 on Morning Edition and afternoons at 3.48 during All Things Considered, here on Utah Public Radio. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're talking about open space, specifically northern Utah, Cache County. Uh, there is uh, there'll be a ballot measure in November and residents will vote up or down on uh, uh, bonding $20 million, uh, which will provide money to buy land or to uh, purchase easements uh, for the purpose of open space, preserving land. Uh, With the explosive growth, there is a concern that uh, we preserve open space. We have with us uh, two of the co-chairs of an open space committee, former North Logan mayor and state legislator Jack Draxler. We have with us entrepreneur Eric Elison and also uh, Cache County Executive David uh, Zook. Um, So I want to uh, uh, normally do this at the very end. I want to do this now and make sure we get this in. Uh, Jack Draxler, what would you especially like to say? Is there anything we've missed in this discussion or anything you'd like to emphasize here? I think we've covered the, the, the ground re- really well, Tom, and we really appreciate you having us here. I just want to stress that uh, the time for action is probably now. Uh, we've talked about delaying this effort, or, and we've talked about earlier efforts years ago that, that weren't successful. I think in the minds of, of most people in the Valley now, now is the time, and, and so we're confident that 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 this can be a, a great stepping stone to keeping this valley beautiful we obviously can't preserve every every piece of open space in the valley we can't do that but 
we feel that we can make a difference, and that's the whole goal. Um, Eric Ellison, what, what would you say? Anything you'd like, especially like to emphasize, or anything we missed? Yeah, let's let's just talk about the way we go forward uh, between now and and the election. And one of the biggest things that we're going to be doing is having neighborhood meetings, as we've talked to others that uh, have had open space. That that seems to be a, a important part. And a neighborhood, you know, we want people to vote the way they they feel that uh, they should on this with the best information that they have. And so if we can uh, have some of these uh, neighborhood meetings where people come in, uh, we have some people from the conservancies that are are used to getting the leverage. They know how to get the leverage so they can answer questions on, you know, how federal and state money will be used uh, to to make their $25 equal 75 or $100. And as well, uh, give their input on how this might be carried out. Um, all those things are going to be really important. So uh, really look forward to those neighborhood meetings, maybe even host a neighborhood meeting, um, and we can get help uh, get the word out. And we'll have uh, probably a, um, one of us uh, there from the – but as well people from the Bear River Land Conservancy uh, and others to answer their questions. Hmm. David Zook, same question to you. Yeah, uh, we would love for people to get involved if they are interested in this, if they want to help. Uh, if We're still meeting every Thursday at the county office at noon if people want to come and get involved. And I just want to thank everybody who's been involved. I want to thank Jack and Eric and Steve, uh, especially for leading this effort, but everybody else in our committee. And this is one of the cool things about it is we have had such a great cross-section of people from uh, state representatives like Casey Snyder to uh, city elected officials like Logan Mayor Holly Danes or uh, Nibley Council Member Catherine Buse to um, we've had uh, developers there, OLL uh, development. We've had Visionary Homes has been involved. We've, we've had farmers who have been there, people like Joe Furman. Um, we've had such a great cross-section of people from nature groups and, and recreationalists and um, hunters and fishers and, and everybody, uh, it seems, has been coming out and saying, this is a critical thing. We all want to get involved. We want to be supportive of this. This needs to happen. So I, you mentioned earlier that, that there are some concerns, and I've heard some of those concerns. People are, are worried about a, a couple of extra dollars in, in taxes. Uh, but it, it, it seems like what I am hearing much louder and, and much clearer is that people want us to do something to preserve open space. And again, I'll, I'll say, if people really feel that, I hope they will come out and vote in November. Mm-hmm. We just have about uh, four or five minutes left in the discussion. I want to maybe even look, and this is absolutely the wrong time to do this, but I, I, <laughs> I want to I do it. Uh, obviously, you want people to come out and vote yes, right? Provide that $20 million bond. Um, then that's going to be leveraged, right? And then that provides some open space, right? Um, but you might say, that, well, this is necessary. Absolutely. And that's what people in the survey are saying. This is necessary. Uh, but is it sufficient, right? It's a start, right? So Jack Trexler, you know, in an ideal world, um, what, would, what would this look like well, you uh, know, in terms of open space? We've seen uh, other places in Utah and other places in the West where they have successfully passed bonds and then uh, gone through the process of utilizing those bonds and the matching funds, that it's the proof is in the pudding. And most of those areas have been able to actually, we're not proposing this at this time, but most, most places have been able to sponsor and approve subsequent bonds because people have seen what the initial bond was able to do. And so you you have a laddering effect uh, where that's where that's where people get to see what actually is done. Mm-hmm. And so as I say the proof is in the pudding and that's that makes it very incumbent upon the committee that's appointed by the county council who then recommends to the council which projects to to pursue. Uh, that's that's what will generate support and and the payback, if you will, the re- the return on investment that people we all expect. 
Uh, let me ask you the other, the other side of the coin to you, Eric. You listen, have you put on your negative hat? What <laughs> the, the negative vision? If we do nothing, um, I guess we can hope that some space is preserved naturally. But what, what's the danger? Well, I, I don't know that it'd be so extreme, but uh, there was. Uh uh, one person on the doorstep that told me uh, if we don't do anything, it's going to look like Redwood Road from Smithville all the way to Wellsville. Um, and I guess that's the, that's the risk we have is that uh, we, we just fill up the valley and, and it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, that concerns me. And I, uh, I think Jack and, and myself and many on the committee feel like, hey, we can do all we can do and, and uh, at least get the word out and feel like we made a good effort to, uh, to preserve um, uh, a feeling that we have in this valley. Yeah. David Zuko, I'll give you the last word uh, here, just uh, any uh, brief concluding thoughts. I, I just want to echo what Eric just said. We've seen the future. We've seen what could be our future. We've seen it in many other communities around the state and around the country in places where they weren't smart about their growth, where they weren't proactive about preserving open space. We know exactly what will happen if we, do, if we do nothing. And what will happen is we will lose what makes Cache County great. We will lose the beautiful vistas. We'll lose the farms. We will lose the, the wildlife areas. We know what will happen if we do nothing. We have an opportunity to do something. I would encourage our voters to come out, support this, and preserve what makes Cache County great. Thank you. Cash County Executive David Zook, thank you for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Entrepreneur and uh, one of the co-chairs of the Open Space Committee, Eric Elison. Thank you. And uh, another co-chair of the Open Space Committee, also former North Logan Mayor and State Legislator Jack Draxler. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks, Tom. And uh, we'll go out, as we're doing on Tuesdays, with uh, commentator Richard Ratliff and the Citizens Academy. Here's the deal. A young staffer for a newly elected president several years ago was with a group of fellow staffers about to board a plane bound for Washington, D.C., and he said, just imagine what we are about to do, meaning we now have the power. Power has become the be-all, end-all of politics for too many of us. By power, I mean the ability to do what I want, even if it hurts someone else and in some cases, especially if it hurts someone else. The power game runs on fear, which becomes anger and then hatred. In this game, I attack and defend, and if they, whoever they are, get hurt, better for me. To gain power, I must be stronger, smarter, richer, more decorated, have more authority, be more popular, have stronger and more allies, and be more determined than anyone else. Power is won by superiority. Once won, then what? Well, once everybody understands the rules of the game, you get gridlock. Bad relationships become dangerous relationships. You can guess the outcome. Such a philosophy is not sustainable, nor good for anyone, except perhaps and only perhaps for a few, and only superficially, and only for a very short time. We can do better. In the first session... I introduced Utah Public Radio's Citizens Academy and this little series of radio segments. The main points of that session were, these are indeed troubled times, but we believe there is a way through them, and we need not lose heart. So let's take a deep breath, collect ourselves, and move forward together. We believe there is a way. I call it relationism. In this session, I hope to motivate you to want to do that to collect ourselves and move forward together. We just have to want to. Then, maybe turning from power-based politics to relationship-based politics will help. Maybe a lot. When a friend and I have a conversation and he wants to hammer home his point, he will lean forward and say, Richard, here's the deal. Picture me now. I lean forward and say, here's the deal. If enough of us can agree on two things, Perhaps we can resolve a lot of political gridlock and introduce some sanity back into our mainstream politics. Two things. Number one, good relationships are better than bad relationships. I believe you know that already. Number two, good government depends upon us, you and me, to elect people who build good relationships on every side. 
even with their political opponents. These two ideas are the same for conservative, liberal, Republican, Democrat, or independent. The best governments enjoy the best relationships. Let me repeat the governing principle. Good relationships help more and cost less. That is another way of saying that unhealthy relationships are harmful and expensive. The worse the relationship, the more harmful and expensive it becomes. Imagine the benefit to both Ukraine and Russia if instead of violent bullying, Russia had pursued the strategy of building healthy diplomatic, economic, and even social relations with Ukraine. And imagine, had the European and American nations invested in that relationship, Russia, Ukraine, and the rest of the world would have benefited in peace, greater prosperity, and tranquility, and so many lives saved. Observe instead the terrible harm and terrible cost to everyone in the reality of the conflict we are now witnessing. The benefit of good relationships is easy to understand. People often say to me, everyone already knows this. I hope so. I count on it. But our politics are out of sync with what we know. Remembering will help, even the simple idea that it is our relationships that define our society. If you want to know about a nation, look at its relationships, not just at its constitution and laws. I have used this basic foundation to address problems in industrial, governmental, educational, and financial environments for close to 30 years. Once people understand these simple ideas, problems simply dissolve. The fight is over, and the work can resume. So, what about today's politics? Many I know are worried about politics and government and the inability of our governments to fully function. Even some basic necessities are being neglected in favor of senseless and endless gridlock. Some of you may feel drawn into the conflict and others driven to hopeless apathy. Some of us are just confused and dismayed. We can do better. The question is, do we want to? This is Richard Ratliff in Citizens Academy. Thanks for listening. Till next time. Are you looking for a way to make your nonprofit organization more visible to our statewide community? Well, we'd love to support your events on our UPR community calendar. Head to upr.org, click on the community calendar tab, and there you can find the submission link. We highlight events including workshops, theater, art shows, dances, lectures, virtual events, and more. Again, you can just go to the community calendar tab on upr.org to submit your event. This is Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan, and UPR.org. It goes around and around. Evaporation, condensation, precipitation, runoff, and the cycle repeats. So would a piece of music inspired by the ecological water cycle also have no beginning and no end? We'll find out with music by Libby Larson on the next Performance Today from APM. Tonight at 9 on Utah Public Radio.